0: What
1: you going for there? Yo, yo, we bought a mic and we bought it It felt so good, yeah This is a podcast, man This mm. ain't no music, man
2: Well, my name is Rappin' Mike And I'm here to say My name isn't Michael, it's microphone, yay Now I'm gonna throw it to someone else
1: Yeah, yo, yo, here we go, you're listening to We Bought a Mic and it, it sounds so good in your head, man, if you ain't listening, you're dead, man. Oh, that one rhymed. (laughs) Pass the mic to Grant. Pop
0: culture podcast. Oh, uh, we're talking culture that in the past, mm-hmm. just this past week, mm-hmm. uh, or sometimes longer, and the future. In
1: the future. <laughs> mm. <We> culture.
2: <laughs> and I'm here to say, <laughs> when you rap with an acoustic, <laughs> it sounds like Sugar Ray. <laughs> uh,
1: uh,
2: just want to buy. We
1: bought a mic. We bought a mic. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> Yo, doesn't that, that new Gucci is fire, though, yeah. right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. This is inspired by Gucci Mane. Grant
2: wrote all of that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> um, me to
3: We Bought a Mic, a pop culture podcast. <laughs> culture.
1: Uh,
3: What's up, guys? I'm
1: your host, Ernest Calderon. I am also your host uh Hunter Mobley.
3: and I'm your home and uh we got a we got a guest here oh by the name of mr Grant Shaw turns out we were just a pop cast <laughs> until now <laughs> mm. yeah bringing in the culture here
2: now we're a hop hop hip cast <laughs>
0: uh, yeah I'm, I'm your pod token here for you today. Um, Thank here you. Su- here to supply some culture to this pop culture.
2: Yeah, podcast. we need we need clout. We're
3: drowning. <laughs> yeah, no one I mean, it. this whole time I thought we were a pop culture podcast, but it turns out we had no culture. You, so you thanks see, for supplying it.
0: Of course, I, you can't see, but I actually brought clout goggles for everybody here. Mm. We're all wearing wow. them.
1: Wow. Ah, yeah. oh, I feel so woke. <laughs> Thank you, Grant Quavo. Shaw. <laughs> Everything looks so saturated now. <laughs>
3: Okay, so we don't have a review for you this week, but we're going to be getting into a lot of music, new music that we've been listening to, and shows that we've been watching. Um, That's going to be the bulk of the show. Anything from King Cruel and The Front Bottoms and Gucci to Nathan For You and uh, Halt and Catch Fire, The Florida Project, lots, lots and lots to get to today, so... Um, Before any of that, though, I did want to take care of a little bit of housekeeping here. Two weeks ago on the show, we talked about BoJack Horseman on Netflix, and I was made aware by Drew mm. that I had skipped an entire season of the show yeah. and gone right into season
2: four. Yeah, because because I was like, oh, so it's season four now. And you got you were both like, no, what? <laughs> I, and it, and I totally it,
1: forgot that the last season even existed. Yeah, the I've last, seen all of it.
2: Oh yeah, the last season was season three, and now season four is out. Yeah, so it
3: turns out that I had started season three last year and then entirely forgot about it uh, until now. So – who knows? Maybe I'll get to it. Maybe it'll be another year before
2: I. Uh, we'll start
1: talking about season, season five, four. <laughs> next probably,
2: year. probably missed a bunch of uh, good puns. In there. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: I, I don't even know how much I've seen. Like, it's it just kind of blends together for me. I'm happy to watch it with other people, it is, but I, I never have the. I never want to watch.
2: There
3: it is like, a I'm big overarching story. Yeah, it's
2: a good show. You know what my biggest problem with that show is? Is that it's kind of like completely lighthearted for most of every episode and then there's about two minutes where they get serious like it's very um prioritized I guess like it's very in categories instead of just being like one flowing episode it's like structured to be like like completely off the walls and then like i want to kill then, myself yeah
1: bojack does some self-destructive and shit. sometimes it's
3: really jarring because uh, you're like oh okay here we go here comes yeah. the serious stuff
2: and it's just it's just better when that's kind of naturally woven into the yeah. plot instead of just being like all right well it's gonna get dark at the end there yeah but it's still a good show um so bunch you of know, puns. maybe one day we'll um
3: we'll actually i'll actually be able to watch it in the order it's intended but mm-hmm. for now let's talk movie news first up we got Amazon is trying to get in on the big epic sci-fi fantasy show business and they're trying to find their own Game of Thrones. Mm. So they are green lighting three new shows in hopes of one of them sticking.
2: Have you heard about this Grant, Ringworld? Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You, I know, yeah, Grant's read Ringworld. We yeah, haven't. Yeah, yeah, me and So actually,
0: yeah, uh...
3: one of them is Ringworld. Um, the two other ones are a little bit more out there we'll we'll talk about them but Ringworld is the one i wanted to bring up because grant has read the novel that it's based on
0: easily my my most favorite sci-fi novel and i always say it's like so true to like like science fiction like all of the the plot is in like the mechanics of the story is based off of like actual like physics and scientific like theories it's it's fucking it's dope mm. but me and drew went to portland like two years ago now mm-hmm. and uh we went to powell's uh, the oh big, yeah big the, giant bookstore. the store. largest bookstore in america yeah it's uh it's a city block it was awesome we lost ourselves there oh but um <laughs> I, I that was where i picked you up. lost yourself
3: but you found ring ring, ring world. i yeah, found
0: books Absolutely, yeah um and, and i read ring world before i even made it back back to florida um, oh because it, it was just that yeah, captivating it just sucked me right in it was amazing um mm-hmm. But, but yeah, yeah, I I had no idea. Give the
3: listeners a little uh, a little a summary synopsis, of of yeah. like what this story is
0: about. So, I'm gonna try and make this succinct. Uh, basically, there it's it's obviously way in the future. Um, there's three different races in this book. There's humans who uh, have figured out how to live very long lives if you've got the money for it, pretty much. And there the main character is this human. I can't remember his name, but he lives. He's, he's lived for so long, he just goes on these sabbaticals into space on his own because he's sick of other people and society. So he just goes off alone just in these deep dives into space. Doesn't know if he'll make it back. Um, there's the, the Zin. That's how I've always said it. It's K-Z-I-N. They're like these massive tiger warrior race pretty much. But really fucking cool. And, uh, and then there's the, the engineers, which are these weird tripedal... Uh, ostrich creatures I suppose that's <laughs> yeah it's like an ostrich with three legs I guess mm. um, science yeah they're super smart and they build shit and whatever but anyway one day an engineer pops up and he's like I need to build a team and no one ever sees engineers because they're super cow- cowardly like they're just scared that's how they survived and prospered because they just stayed to themselves but I mean they're ostriches yeah Makes exactly sense. But, um, and he built together this team with this, this human that goes on sabbaticals and he's like super wary of life or whatever. And, um... Uh, uh there's this other human that's supposed to be super lucky and this zin warrior and there's like backstories about like the there there's like the zin human war that happened when the when they first those two races first encountered each other and I actually just read that book too hmm. it's kind of like an option so awesome they have
3: story. a lot of a cool. lot of source material that they could build this yeah, show from
0: yeah absolutely and and that's that's something that's actually really cool there's there's ringworld 2 which i read that it's ringworld engineers or whatever and that book is solely written off the fact that after Ringworld was written, so many uh, universities and individual like people wrote uh, research papers on the possibilities that Ringworld presents and like basically like, an exploration of the ideas presented. And so he had so much, later in Nivens, he had so much other uh, content pretty much that he, he had a whole other book that's just basically exploring the possibilities of Ringworld, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. But basically they go, they go off into space to discover this strange structure that's out there and they're like, I don't know how it works or who built it, and it's, it's, it's a ring around a star. Like, it's based on the idea of a Dyson sphere, which is like a perfect world unit and it's 100% mm. efficient, it's, it gets all of the energy from its star by being completely encompassing the star, but it's, like, one-tenth of that because it's just a ring. Mm. And, like, the livable surface is on the inside of the ring, and they just encounter all kinds of strange, like, people there, uh, plants, um, strange mechanics, because it's really old. The world's kind of broken down. Mm. But We're of all, the, of all the
3: books you've read, you feel like this is one of the m- most, like, fleshed-out, fully-realized fictional universes?
0: Well, there... Th- we could, I could talk forever about my favorite series, which I, I think is the most but fleshed tr- out. But it's more. Yeah, but this that's, is, more,
3: that's more of like a fantasy.
0: Yeah, and that's like thirteen books. Yeah, and like this is pages. like
3: Ring World's like pretty hard sci-fi. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely, and and it is it is really cool the way they just kind of throw the characters together, and it, it really explains their dynamic really easily. There's definitely a tension there all the time. Um, there's always tension between zin and humans and then just the exploration and mm. they, they've been kind of captured and and held captive at one point by the engineer that's leading them because he has to like fucking there there's this one dynamic in the book that's cool there's this thing called a Tasp, and it's like something that put you put into your brain or into your neck or whatever and it makes you feel like like undeniable pleasure but and you become like addicted to it like you become like a, a, a like a just
2: so sounds like my like ex-wife yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that, that's that's what the engineers used to control the human guy after a while because he's nice. being a dick and um, doesn't
3: care.
2: So, like, well, it's hopefully it's good then. So far there's no one attached to it. It's just confirmed yeah. that they're going to do yeah, it.
3: Yeah, so let me let me read the synopsis for the other two shows that they're trying to uh, greenlight. Mm-hmm. One of them is called Snow Crash, which is being backed by Paramount TV uh, based on a science fiction drama by Neal Stephenson. Oh. It's set in futuristic America in a reality where our – uh, hero is named Hero Protagonist. That's the Mm. name of the character. Mm. He delivers pizza for Uncle Enzo's (laughs) Coso Nostra Pizza Inc. But in the metaverse, he's a warrior prince. Plunging headlong into the enigma of a new computer virus that's striking down hackers everywhere. He races along the neon-lit streets of a search and destroy missions for the shadowy
2: virtual villain. This sounds like it was definitely written in the 90s. (laughs) Yeah, Everything about that.
3: (laughs) <laughs> and uh, the other one is called Lazarus, based on a novel by Ruka Arcus. Oh, wait, no. Written by Ruka, based on his comic book. Oh, okay, it's based on a comic book. So it's set in an alternate near future where the world has been divided into 16 rival families who run their territories in a feudal system. Each family has allies and enemies among the other families. To crush uprisings and fight wars, most families have a Lazarus, a one person kill squad.
1: So, this is the one that. I've I've heard of Lazarus before. I'm most
0: interested in that one. I think the one person kill squad is the most ridiculous statement I've ever heard. That's stupid. That's an assassin, I guess. Nice job,
1: deadline.
3: (laughs) This one is uh, being backed by. Uh, a guy named Michael Lark and Angela Cheng Kaplan.
2: Shout out to Anubis, who keeps yeah, bumping mm, into all the all, mic stands. All stamps. the mic bumps. Yeah. That's our boy. Um, Michael Lark worked on Winter Soldier, which yeah. is a good movie. So, yeah. You know.
3: The the Ringworld adaptation doesn't really have... Um, There's no names attached to it. Yeah. yeah. I
0: can't even imagine who they would have doing that. Would it be animated? Because that would be some heavy CGI to create the other characters. That's a good point. It's um, being back.
3: Ringworld is, is being backed by MGM. Um, which is not as big as um, Paramount. But I think Amazon just wants one of these to stick. Like yeah. they're gonna, they're gonna there's put money throw, behind that, all three of them. There's throwing shit on the wall. That other point.
0: word, yeah, I was about to say that other one. You, you talked about the second one, snow something. Snow crash. Snow crash. Yeah, sounds like they just threw together buzzwords in that synopsis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it literally. <laughs> like, yeah, hackers. Yeah, that's yeah.
2: the nineties thing. Hero protagonist. Yeah, hero protagonist. <laughs> yeah, hopefully it's like funny. Like, <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. hopefully it's a comedy because that's a bit weird. Guys, what if hero protagonist isn't? A hero Whoa. protagonist. Ooh, Ooh that's Whoa. a twist. twist, guys. Yeah, they're gonna hear this.
2: I'm not so gonna make which
3: it anymore. Yeah.
1: Like, which
2: one of these guy. do you think is
3: gonna be the next Game of Thrones?
2: None of them, because uh, they're on Amazon. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I. I mean, Amazon has made a great push for TV, but they will not get as many viewers as HBO. I don't see it.
1: Well, also, I feel like the problem is is that they're overlooking one of the biggest things about Game of Thrones, which, like, yeah, there's, like, some science fiction fantasy elements to it, but it's more so what makes Game of Thrones great is because it's about the characters yeah, and, like, and the about their lore. relationships with yeah. each other and the lore, and it it's not just like, whoa, look at all these crazy, wild things yeah. and yeah, all and these big set and pieces. they have a That's really established
0: story to go off of, two. Yeah, George R.
3: R.'s world is one of the greatest yeah, fantasy worlds ever written, even
0: even Ringworld, I think. I think the the Ringworld story itself. There's like little, a lot of side tracks or whatever that books that he's written off the side. But there's only three Ringworld uh, in the series, I believe. And like they're they're small books. They're like 250 pages. Right. And they're like you know sci-fi books, so they're really short. Like they're not big yeah. pages at all. So like there's they would have to go way off script mm. for, to make a ring roll like, a, yeah. like Game of Thrones, and I don't... I, don't.
2: I mean, more than anything, it, it really depends on who they're making to make this and what budget they're putting into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because there is incredible source material out there that has been completely destroyed by right. incompetence in yeah. production. Uh, so it's it's almost too early to even say which even which one of these three is going to be moderately successful. And it just has yeah. to
3: be well adapted to a visual medium. Like, you can't just take any... One of these books and, and think that just because it's a good book, it's going to make a good show. Yeah, you know, no, definitely it, it, has not. To, it has to appeal to a wider audience. and
0: So so many of my favorite books have been destroyed by shows uh, Under the Dome. A lot of people actually I know I know a lot of people like that, but I didn't think the show was very good. Also
3: um, Hey man, it's got um, what's his name from Breaking Bad?
2: Who? Brian Cranston? Like, uh, what? <laughs> I don't I think no so. Oh, Isaac Schrader.
1: Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Interesting. Oh. That's neat. Huh? Never watched it. But,
0: but my my favorite book series of all time, like Sort of Truth, uh, I I tried to watch that first episode maybe three or four times. Could never get, get just through it. Like, it was mm. off top That's so much. Was, yeah. Yeah. And I, I really hope that doesn't happen in Ringworld. It's yeah. a simpler book. I hope it.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, it's. I mean like the worst. I think the, the worst thing that I ever heard about a book being adapted and this was into a movie was whenever they made The Giver movie <laughs> and I they never turned, even saw that. No, I refused to watch it cuz The Giver I think is my favorite book of all time. Yeah. I absolutely love The Giver and I have a very specific idea for if I was ever to make The Giver movie how I would do it. It could have and been a great it just, film. It just looks like just like a young adult film. Yeah. It's just like yeah. I you mean, could just like, blend like right Ender's in with like the Dive. Kind of yeah, it could blend right in with Ender's game, the Divergent series. Yeah. So, it's like. Uh, uh, um. Hunger Games. Yes, there we go. Hunger yeah. Games. Thank you. It, I mean,
2: yeah, that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, it can either try to really give credit, like, lend a lot of reverence to what it's based on, or it can be like, all right, this is hot right now. Let's let's do it quick and let's not do it great. Like, yeah, exactly. Like that, Ender's to game. Bank off of it. Ender's game is one of my favorite books. When I was a kid, I read it like five times, and I didn't even watch the movie because it yeah. just didn't look good, and it was man.
1: Asa Butterfield. You have Harrison Ford just phoning. Oh them. my God! Harrison
2: <laughs> yeah. Ford was in yeah. that movie.
1: Yeah, dude. He's <laughs> <Just> completely. <laughs> just (laughs) just getting a paycheck he's like you know i haven't had a gig in a while i guess i should just get a couple million dollars being this shitty little film
3: and speaking of harrison ford brings us to our next little bit of movie news Blade Runner twenty forty nine is going to be a commercial failure. Yeah,
1: it, I'm not. I mean, is anybody really surprised by this? It's three hours long and, and it's rated no, R. There's no action set pieces. Yeah. It's a lot yeah. of dialogue and, and long lingering it was, it was shots. Like, it was
0: like made for the people who already loved Blade Runner. And That's, when Blade Runner originally came out, like, like yeah, it, it was, failed. Yeah, exactly. so yeah,
2: it's it's it wasn't. It was kind of doomed to be a money uh fit, uh success but it is a success as a movie Yes, it's, yeah it's great. which it's is the amazing. same as the original blade runner but yeah it's hard mm-hmm. to it's hard to mm-hmm. get a big audience when you're like oh also you literally have to watch this 80s noir movie <laughs> like a lot of people are like <laughs> okay well then I'm not, gonna yeah. well, I'm not going to see it i not going to see it
3: that's yeah. one thing is like last week when we did our blade runner review i was hoping to get a little bit of a discussion in about the marketing of the film and we didn't have we didn't have time to but I think that one of the reasons why the film is going to fail is because they, okay. So if you think of how I approach movie marketing and how I don't like to watch trailers, I think the, the Blade Runner marketing kind of uh, really tailored their marketing to, 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 People yeah. like me, yeah, yeah, but that's
1: not what general audiences exactly. want. They want the entire movie. They want to see it all right like, there in a trailer. Yeah, like
3: Denny, Denny probably had a big say in these trailers and wanted them to show nothing. I feel and like Warner Brothers, yeah. Warner Brothers, trusted him. I honestly
1: feel like with the way that they discuss Harrison Ford's character throughout the movie, that originally Denny probably didn't even want to put Harrison Ford in the. But in they the had to. They, or, yeah. But
2: <laughs> he's you, a big sell. You yeah. can't
1: see Blader in twenty forty nine without knowing Harrison Ford's in it because he's on every poster, it would've, it would've every trailer. Yeah. 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 But can you imagine seeing that without having any idea? You're like, holy shit, Decker's like a, in this movie. It's like a
0: calling card. Like, hey, remember Blade Runner yeah.
1: and Harrison Ford?
2: Remember? remember?
3: <laughs> yeah, so I, I think that the fact that the trailers didn't really reveal anything about the actual plot of the movie, yeah. people were just like, what the hell is this movie about? They they had no clue what They see what the to... runtime, and they're yeah. just like, I don't want to. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's sad that it's doing so poorly. Like, right now it's only at, let's see. 50 at, million? Uh, it's at sixty million domestic, one hundred and ten worldwide. Yeah. It has a budget of one hundred fifty, so it's going to struggle to plus, hit that. Plus
2: the marketing budget. Yeah, it's yeah.
1: going yeah. to struggle yeah. to hit that production yeah. budget, much less the marketing budget. I it's mean, gonna...
2: but it's also not going because of the nature of the project and how it was almost doomed from the start. I don't think it's going to take away from Villain
1: Waves like cloud.
2: In oh the industry. no, not at all. Because yeah.
1: everybody like it's. Critically beloved, yeah. Like I've never seen. And it's I better than the original. I've like yet you to said. see like a really bad or re- like a scathing review for Twenty Forty Nine. Yeah,
2: especially directing. Like there was, the, it was like I said the last episode. The amount of things he had to balance and still make a good movie yeah. was unbelievable.
3: And if yeah. anything, it's going to hurt the chances of like big budget, thoughtful, like you know, cerebral films. Which,
1: that that part is one of the things that's like the most discouraging about it. Just because like this was probably. It, it was a big-budget art house movie for yeah, the most part. and, like, and
3: we're probably not going to get one no, for yeah. over a decade. Like, there, no studio is going to want to throw this much money at a movie that is so pensive and, and just makes you – Want to think? What yeah.
0: if they do like a Blade Runner and Fifth Element crossover? Oh, crossover yeah. movie! <laughs> yeah. oh, oh shit! Yeah, they're listen, like the listen, same, hey, almost like kind of. List, title. List, At least
1: we can just be happy that Sony has another box office failure. <laughs>
0: no, I love Sony. <laughs>
1: but real quick before we move on, I, I did want to
3: bring up that um, a lot of people, a lot of our critics in their reviews, have referred to Blade Runner twenty forty nine as a tone poem. And watching that movie, I could not really put my finger on what they were talking about. <laughs> but then I started thinking about Enemy. That film is a tone
1: poem. Oh yeah, no, absolutely for sure.
3: It it is a disturbing, like oozing That's kind of.
1: Word. It just it, yeah, it, it, it okay. makes you so unsettled the entire time that you're watching.
3: Yeah, it. so yeah. so I started thinking of that, and I started thinking of Enemy when uh, thinking about Blade Runner, mm-hmm. about the new one. And then I came across this article on *Birth, Movies, Death*, right. written by this girl named Priscilla Page.
0: I meant to read
3: that. And she, the way she analyzes this film, the way she analyzes *Blade Runner*. The name of the article is *The Poetry of Blade Runner 2049*, and I'll link it in the show notes so you guys can uh, get a, a look at it and read it. But she is able to dissect this film in such a precise and deep way that i am i am shocked that that she was able to do this within like a week or two of the movie coming out because <laughs> it's insane like she brings in so many themes i mean i, I we don't have time to get into everything that she discussed in this article but it is insane guys like this is such an excellently written mm-hmm. analysis of all the the visual and thematic poetry in this film and what it means and where it comes from, remember the um, the empathy test mm. the voice yeah, 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 the, yeah, the spoken poetry thing there is a book called Pale Fire" by Vladimir Nabokov. and that's where that test comes from cells yeah, cells it, interlinked it, exactly cells. <laughs> like they lift that text directly from Nabokov's book. Wow yeah. So there, there's a lot to unpack here. But the one thing I did want to mention is that remember how I said the thing about the bees? How I was confused about that? Yeah. She tackles that, and she I think she hits the nail on the head. Let me let me read what what she says. Yeah. In his search for Deckard, Kay finds himself walking through the ruins of a city suffocated by radioactive yellow haze. A bee lands on his hand. He continues on and finds. Uh, Apparies of bees, and he lets the bees cover his hand. The bees echo the replicants, the concept of hive mind, but they also represent hope, connection, cells interlinked. The bee is such a small, seemingly insignificant thing with an enormous purpose, sustaining life. Do you dream about being interlinked? The post-traumatic baseline test asks Kame. The question is essentially asked whether Kay dreams of being, whether he dreams of being connected to others. When Blade Runner 2049 begins, Kay is literally asleep at the wheel, and he doesn't even consider the old model replicant, Sapper Morton, his own kind. He passes the baseline test, but the handbook becomes a poem. The handbook referring to Kay. By the film's end, Kay rejects Wallace's idea of replicants as a product. He rejects Frieza's commitment to war between species. He rejects Yoshi's notion that there's a wall between beings. We're all just looking out for what's real. Yoshi tells K, and what's real to K is love.
1: Damn, that's yeah. uh that's really yeah. really well written. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So
3: I really recommend you guys check out. Who this is she article. writing for again? It's just a, a movie blog called Birth, Movies, Death. True. Okay. Yeah, so it's,
0: it's interesting. It's Good it's find. yeah.
3: So Grant, any like stray thoughts on Blade Runner since you weren't here for a review?
0: Well. Totally insignificant, but I was really satisfied to see that Coke ad again, honestly. (laughs) 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 Um, That's ah. not insignificant. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, total brainwash. I love that. Um, I love Coke. (laughs) I I, I can't think of anything off top, because I I, I, I keep getting drawn back to kind of what we were talking about before. Um, With Ringworld, like a book that I read being made, while we were watching the, the, the trailers before we saw Blade Runner, we saw a trailer for a movie of a book that I'd read and I, didn't realize
3: oh the I natalie read. portman film yeah yeah
0: um authority i'm pretty sure no. annihilation and that yeah yeah okay and authority is the second one okay. i guess I, I read the first two books it's a trilogy
3: it's directed by the guy who did ex machina
0: yeah oh yeah i was okay. really surprised with how cool that trailer looked it definitely like.
3: it looks like a rival like they watched the rival yeah. like yo we should <laughs> exactly we should do that
0: and like those books like they were interesting i was really interested in the main character but like they, they just didn't I, I never read the third one i I, I, I was just kind of reading it out of curiosity to see where they took the main character. Um, but that that trailer looked really fucking cool.
3: Yeah. And speaking of trailers, we have our next little bit of news. Ryan Johnson got uh, caught on Twitter between a rock and a hard place because he wanted to appeal to the diehard fans and the people like me that want to stay away from trailers and say, hey, guys. Don't watch the new the Last Jedi trailer if you want to go in absolutely cold to the film. Best way to get yeah, it. but he then did Disney, say... Disney called him <laughs> and he was like, they were like, hey man, uh, you hey, can't you can't, do you. That. you can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> we're about to premiere our trailer
1: on Monday Night Football, <laughs> so everyone's gonna." By the way, did you? guys see about what they actually did for the Monday Night football game they brought stormtroopers out onto the field dude really? I saw that that was it so is, lame it is oh the God. lamest thing ever it's and like so <laughs> little sound bites from the announcers and they're like oh look we got Kylo Wren coming onto the field now <laughs> yeah you're like, what the
2: fuck? Uh, yeah because Monday Night Football if you don't know is on ESPN and ESPN is owned a by Disney of, so that's also yeah. why they would get on his ass about that because it's like we want people to tune in to Corporate our network synergy yeah you can't yeah. direct a movie and everything like, hey, is the
1: same company company. Yeah. And
2: it's a it was a money thing.
0: Well, I mean, it could be just as good of an ad if, if everyone's so aware of it that they that when they, the second they, they realize it's a Rogue One, or not Rogue One, but... A, a the, the Last Jedi. Know, the last it's Jedi. all the same. Rogue One yeah. 2. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they, they, they they immediately cover their eyes, you know? Yeah, like, I do that to the movies I'm really excited about. I don't want to see those trailers. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean,
1: I, I'm trying to, with every effort that I can, avoid the trailer for The Last Jedi. I feel like it's going to sneak onto me. It already <laughs> happened one day wherever we were at work this weekend. There was no actual audio, but I saw that. it just say like it pop up like a, like it, I saw like Ray on the screen. I was like, nope, I have to hide my eyes. I have to look away. Yeah, I I've mean, we're it.
3: gonna end up seeing it. It'll, it's it'll play, play before in a theater, Thor, yeah, it'll it'll be like Justice Black Mirror, you know?
1: But I mean. Hey, I've seen the Porg. Is that what it's called? The, the Porg? Yeah, the like, the little, penguin Ewok it's, it's looking like thing? It's like a little
3: cute little squishy thing. That's he, right. God, I it's going to be
1: this holiday's hottest The new Ewok. Oh, oh take over the minions. Yeah. Please
0: take the minions away and replace them with Porgs. Oh, I don't know yeah. what it is. You know like, that, it can't be as bad as minions. You know
1: that there's still a development for like 18 more Despicable Me movies. Oh, they will never end. I want to get porged. Ooh, I would I'm just like to make it clear if
0: everyone doesn't know. The minion is a ripoff of the Toy Story alien. It's mm. bullshit. Uh, it It is.
1: I guess. They're like the same shit. Minions I mean, have it. dramatically more importance to the story <laughs> than That's, yeah. well, Toy story minions aliens. have surpassed.
0: The, the aliens is definitely one of the most memorable moments in, in Toy Story. Man to
1: me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you
0: know, like everyone knows what that is. I think. Like, m- give me a minions quote, Hunter. Ooga
3: booga. Booga la gaga la. All right, let's get into what we've been listening to with new music out this week. There's a ton of new music out.
2: Um, Okay, so yeah, I want to start with this guy, King Cruel. I hadn't heard of him until this new album of his just dropped. Uh, but he's this young, like twenty, early twenties, uh, pale, pasty, redheaded British guy. Yeah. Really skinny, like real he, Ed Sheeran type. No, he's like way <laughs> less marketable somehow. <laughs> um, but he's so so weird, and his music. He's a producer more than anything. But he, and this album, he did basically all the instrumentation, all the production, and all the singing and it is sprawling. It's crazy this it's album. It's a long album. Yeah, it's uh, it's just wild. It's called like The Ooze. The Ooze. Yeah, yeah, The O-O-Z. Ooze. It's it's very dark. Uh he focuses on loneliness a lot because he's basically he's like so, it's kind of like self-imposed isolation. He's he's had a fucked up life if you you know if you read about it. Yeah. Um but it's like it's getting a lot of attention for big names because the production and the just the feel of the album is incredibly cool where it's it's very genre bending uh yet cohesive where it'll be like alt rock and then a little punk and then r&b within the yeah. same song sometimes yeah exactly it's really really cool how he's i mean it's such a young guy to be mixing all these things that are very it's very heady um his voice is really fun because it's like this like deep cockney british yeah, voice almost like car seat headdress <laughs> yeah but british uh it's it's just, like, it, it, kind of shocked me it just came out of nowhere uh well
3: he's been putting out music for a little while but it's always had sort of like an indie rock sort of sound yeah
2: this was this was newer and it was it focused a lot more on like isolation and loneliness lyrically and just sound wise it it balances so many different things this album where it's it's very dark but the texture of it is so rich
3: yeah and there's a lot of songs that i notice have very minimal uh instrumentation going on it's just like one piano or like one guitar yeah. and then it, it really that's so ambitious to have this long album where you know long stretches of it are just a couple of instruments yeah. holding out long but notes. yeah but
2: then it'll get like sprawling out yeah because then he'll there's like really really good horn usage uh, there's synths in there that are really really polished and then that he'll balance that out with like the, a really grimy electric guitar That's yeah. almost it's like so very slightly out of tune, which is a technique that I've, I've seen used before just to give it more of like a dingy mm-hmm. uh, Live sound and he does it really really well So it's crazy to balance that with like the most polished synths you ever heard <laughs> and sometimes he uses fake drum tracks And then he'll use real ones. It's just I don't know it's from such a young guy to hear an album that is so many different things wrapping wrapped into one is very interesting
0: i've been i've been meaning to give it a listen i, I heard the two singles um uh dumb surfer and half man half shark
2: yeah. boom I, uh, yeah his voice is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> i
0: haven't i haven't got a chance to listen to it but I, i've heard king cruel before and like i think i feel like creatively especially like his as a young guy young white guy yeah. it kind of reminds me of Murumasa. A good bit like
2: okay. creatively it's yeah, he yeah he's he's definitely there there are people you know there's like kind of like a breed of this is coming up of kids like young people that just all they do is music and so they have this yeah. broad wealth of knowledge but they're also depressed um i mean will toledo comes to mind but even though his I would say that this is a more ambitious album than anything by Car Seat Headrest. It's
3: an hour
0: and six
2: minutes. Yeah. And with
3: yeah. the with the internet, we're able to absorb music from all
2: different types of people all over yeah. the world so mm-hmm.
3: we can get inspired by all these different Yeah, styles.
2: This yeah. this guy is yeah, this guy's really interesting. I'm excited to see what he does in the future. But this uh, the ooze, I haven't gotten into his older stuff, but I'm going to definitely. Um it's gotten attention from the likes of like Beyonce like she was she reached out to him and she was like hey i want to collab and he was like no don't want no. don't want to do it <laughs> <laughs> what yeah oh my god i know he, he's yeah. fuck,
1: he's too fucking good for beyonce oh, okay. <laughs> oh, he's made it
2: he's just he just doesn't he wants to do his own thing he doesn't want to <laughs> well he could produce for her i mean that's what she wanted and, yeah. and he was just like no no, no, I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> you know how British people sound. Yeah, I'm not that, gonna do it.
1: No, I'm not gonna do it. You're turning me away <laughs> oh from this album just based on your <laughs> voice impersonation. can't wait no. to listen
2: to a whole album. That. Yeah. No. No. Great, great Harris Whittle's quote. Uh, if you want to be like Cockney British and Australian and say no, just say all the vowels. No a e i o u. <laughs> all right what else have you been oh, listening to so yeah this another guy i want to talk about another like young gun he's even younger than king cruel his name is steve lacy he's yeah. primarily a guitarist um he was uh
0: with Odd
2: Future, wasn't he? Yeah, he oh he's fucked with Tyler before. He right. was yeah, he he played some guitar on Flower Boy. And Sid.
0: Ooh. He's done stuff with Sid. He's yeah. also made
2: music with with Tyler. I mean for his uh for the internet's final album in twenty fifteen, <laughs> he was a member.
0: Right. Okay, that's what it was. Yeah, the internet. Yeah, okay.
2: like he was a member of the internet basically. Yeah. Uh wh- and back then he was probably like seventeen, because he's like nineteen now or something, but he has a uh kind of like an ep out on spotify called uh, steve lacy's demo tape and then he has more stuff on soundcloud and it's really really good especially for such a young guy but it's it's kind of like like he has kind of the guitar effects of like mac demarco like that new modern wave of like chill wave kind of and then he'll throw in some really good synths he uses a lot of drum samples really well Uh, And then his his vocals, and he layers the vocals with good backups, and it really reminds you of kind of more of an 80s, 70s throwback. Like a little, I don't know, almost earth, wind, fire type stuff. Uh, So again, it's, it's just a cool mishmash of things that's being brought about by someone who just spent their whole life doing music.
3: Is this his first, like, full-length?
2: Yeah, it's his first uh, project that he's put out. Okay. Um, he has some other singles out on Spotify. But if you get on the SoundCloud, he'll have... What's the name of the project? Uh, it's called Steve Lacey's Demo Tape. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it's How did you discover this guy? Uh, I was reading up on the internet, actually. Oh. Yeah, and it yeah. and it's What's said, that? The internet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not, no, I wasn't reading up yeah. on the internet. <laughs> like, well, I was on the internet, the but I was reading thing. You're about sitting the-
1: on top of the internet, <laughs> reading a book. Okay. You're like, hmm, the Steve Lacey guys in here.
2: <laughs> yes. Um, no, the, if you don't know, the, there's a, a group called The Internet that was a collaboration of a whole bunch of artists. Um, it's mainly two people though, right? Well, yeah, their leader was, uh, Sid, who's now gone Sid off on her own yeah. her, to do her solo album, stuff. Her solo album is so yeah. good. Yeah, she's really good. Love and the that. internet is a really good group. Absolutely. That pro- song Girl? Yeah.
1: I, I suggest you yeah. listen to that. Yeah. Oh, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I know. That's like probably the only song by the internet okay. that I actually know. Yeah, good. Know, but at yeah. At it's, it's that, that
2: whole album is really good. And then they have two other full albums before that. So they're pretty prolific and there's probably like 10 people in the group. Yeah. It's a really big group. Um, but yeah, they're, they're insanely good. So I was just looking at their component members. Cause I already like Sid and I found Steve Lacey and then I looked him up and it said, Oh, he did, he did the guitar work on, uh, I think it was boredom. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. On Tyler's new album. So I was like, Jesus Christ. And he's like 19 or
1: some shit. Speaking of Tyler. I mean, yeah, I was about oh, yeah. to say, uh, um, I know it came out uh, a few months ago, but I was sleeping. Um, I just woke up. And when, as soon as I woke up, I started listening to Flower Boy, which I think I was really hesitant to get into Flower Boy because I've never been a fan of Tyler, the creator.
3: Really? Um, You didn't get into Goblin?
1: I thought Goblin was fine. I really did not like his last his last album that Cherry Bomb. Oh, yeah. yeah, I was not a fan. It's a I, common feel. Yeah, I listened to Cherry Bomb like I think he. I tried to that. listen to it like yeah. two times, yeah. and then I couldn't even like finish listening to it a second time through. I was like, I just don't like this. Yeah. Drew always but, plays
3: that one song from it, the Kanye song. Yes. Yeah, Smuckers. Okay.
1: Yeah. yeah. Smuckers, is, Smuckers is the only song that I. I like. yeah, that album, album
2: is a pretty much almost consensus disappointment. But um, I mean.
1: Like I just I listened I put on Flower Boy and like immediately loved it. I put it on and as soon as I finished the album I just like went back up to the top and started it over again. Yeah. Like it was one of those albums, it's great. Yeah. It has a lot it just sounds so much different than anything that he's ever oh, done yeah. before. There's all these like different influences, so many different uh features on the album that are great. I think it's a really well balanced album too. You have like the big singles like "Who Dat Boy" and "I Ain't Got Time," and then you have like some of the more subdued songs. Like I think one of my favorite tracks on the album is "See You Again." Yeah, oh, yeah, love that song. That's a also, super good I mean, song. where this flower blooms with a uh, Frank Ocean. The the piano, hole.
3: the piano, and see you again is so good. Like it's just this really nice yeah. sort of grand piano. Oh
1: no, if I can see you again. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah Boredom is another amazing song I love the transition from Boredom to I Ain't Got Time it's yeah. a great November too yeah November is amazing Glitter is great like this whole album I think yeah, this yeah, is yeah. this is gonna end up being one of my favorite albums I, of the yeah, year I think this is my second favorite album of the year right like, now it's, right behind Kendrick it's truly a great album I don't know why I was asleep for like three months <laughs> yeah I didn't know that you hadn't really gotten into it it's, it's my
2: second or first favorite of the year I've listened to it definitely like as much as anything this whole year well
1: it's, it, it's, it has like it has a lot of like strange like it. It sounds like a lot of the songs on here sound like if Gambino were to release an album that was more in tune with his first two albums instead of releasing. Um, Awaken my love. Awaken my love. That's what yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah. If he would have released something more in tune with what his first two albums were instead of trying to do something totally, completely different, I feel like it would have had the same kind of tone.
3: Well, Tyler's to album. Tyler's uh, whole whimsical side is completely different than Gambino's. I, I think yeah. the the way Tyler has matured on this album is very unexpected. Like yeah. I didn't think that he that Tyler, you know, quote unquote, growing up and putting out a much more. Mature record. It's, what would have after, made for a better record? It's like
0: he's come to an understanding with himself that he's like, gay. Um, well, yes, yeah. clearly. <laughs> Him and Frank are boning.
1: I <laughs> hope. Whoa. I, I, I thought about hope. that.
0: I don't think so. At Me, least they've made men, out.
1: I. Yeah. What if they had? He a kid? only makes. He only makes out with white boys. Mm, unless Shawn Mendes.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, it's really vi- it's incredibly it's grown up. It's a lot more
1: quiet and uh, kind of thoughtful, and it's, it's just, very cohesive. And it, yeah, and it's surprising that uh, him as an artist that he can make this much of a like a mature jump just in between from one album to the last. Because I thought Cherry yeah. Bomb. I like didn't like it tonally as an album, but also I just it still had that same like very immature like fucking faggots, all this yeah. shit like that, and I was just like Esch-Lord. I just yeah like I'm being not an edgelord has been done, and yeah. it's all,
2: it's practically been co opted by people who are like literally not white supremacists. Yeah. yeah. So to continue oh, yeah. doing that, I mean, just, just the, testing the limb, being like, yeah, I said fag, like it's it's done. <laughs> I think well, yeah,
0: the, I mean, I feel like Odd Future was that like went with with their their first things, but I. I I, I agree. He's definitely like... Yeah, weird. but uh,
2: they
3: were they were basically kids back in the odd exactly. future. Yeah. Days. Yeah. 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 I, I think that Flower Boy is a lot more in line with Wolf than anything else. Like the direction that he was going yeah. in with, with Wolf is the... Flower Boy is the evolution of that. Hmm. I think looking back, the... What was the album? The... Cherry Bomb. Bomb I think Cherry Bomb is just a deviation from yeah. everything it's, it's yeah. him trying to go back to those early Punky. odd future yeah. sounds and more of like the bastard tape and all that it doesn't really fit Yo, into his Who direction
0: boy is one of the most fun singles oh, have you guys yeah. seen Who the, boy is one of the best in the music the video year. the oh, yeah. music video oh, yeah. is awesome yeah. i feel like that song and <laughs> that video is a perfect clash between odd future and like asap Mob, in <laughs> the production of the video yeah. and like the
1: delivery of the song it is, it's yeah. so cool it's great yeah. they are a great asap rocky has a has an amazing verse in that song yeah like, yeah, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I think asap rocky and tyler crater have great they great really dynamic. do have great oh, yeah. great dynamic yeah, yeah. i hope they keep putting out stuff
2: tyler's just a great collaborator uh-huh. he, he gets yeah. good performances out of everyone oh i mean and I, he's just funny i'm like, always
1: i'm a fan of wherever tyler does collabs on like if uh biking came out earlier this year i'd loved his verse mm. on that song the yeah. frank ocean song
2: yeah he's he's good working with others which is funny because the album's about how lonely he is yeah um mm. 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 But yeah, he he's so funny in videos with ASAP Rocky. Like they're just like fucking around all the time. ASAP does such a funny Tyler impression. Yeah, <laughs> if you look that up on YouTube, it's it's worth watching. I uh I,
0: my, my same friend that I was talking to about the potential of uh Tyler fucking Frank he also brought up the idea that the reason he's so so tight with with asap rocky and that they have such a good dynamic is that he's like the one black dude he really wants to bone but he can't <laughs> i don't know how i feel about that i think it's funny though I think Tyler's funny.
1: gonna try and get asap like really fucked up at, at a show and just be like hey i just wanna like make out a little bit or, like, you can just like turn your head think i'm a girl and i'm just gonna like jerk you off lonely 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 lonely.
0: <laughs> hey man i blow i glow like can... <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: All right, staying
3: on the on the hip-hop line here. Let's get into the new Gucci Mane album. Yes And you recently read Gucci Mane's autobiography. So how does that tie into the new album? Mr. Davis, right?
0: Um, I think the book um, Doesn't necessarily tie into this singular album, but maybe the last three is I think it's three since he got out of jail um, because he, I'm pretty sure he's already put
3: out three projects since he got out of jail. Well,
0: yeah, yeah. I think it's three albums in six months. So this must be the fourth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is the fourth. But he, like, he, I'm pretty sure he created all this content while he was in prison. Right. Um. You know, changing himself, like, evolving, pretty much. But and he was
3: saving the best stuff for Mr. Davis for this album.
0: I I don't I don't even know about that. I th- I think he said recently he's had enough. He he has enough content right now to just put out albums, uh, like every few months, just forever. (laughs) Like (laughs) he just has a lot of content and he's ready to put it out and then kind of like on strike against, uh, Atlantic, um, his label. Yeah, exactly. Uh, because in the book he talks about that, you know, he's had kind of a rocky past with different labels. Not always. Sometimes he dropped the ball. Sometimes they dropped the ball. Um, but I think the book is really great. Um, it, it, it really kind of it's it, what's
2: the name of the book it's just like an autobiography yeah it's yeah it's, gucci yeah main. it's just
0: the autobiography of, of gucci main yeah. um but um he he just kind of goes through his past the the people he's interacted with uh in his family and in the music industry and they they really kind of coincide um he talks about like past beefs with like jeezy or waka but it's not really like you know like bringing up it's it's kind of like he's kind of just airing it out. Like he seems like he's really past all that kind of stuff mm. uh, but my favorite thing is one thing that I've always kind of seen and uh, Understood about Gucci is that like he, he's like a great A&R man He brings together all these new talents and everything and he really talks about that in the book And I I always love the song uh, all my children I think it's Drop Top Wop. I don't his
3: project before Mr. Right
0: exactly yeah and he talks about he's like the the chorus is all these rappers are all my children and like
3: (laughs) so he's like embracing the uh, the whole um, the the
0: trap God the the like trap dad yeah trap dad dad Dad. That's but also good. just <laughs> being
3: just <laughs> being like um uh, what's the Silicon Valley word for it? A um incubator? Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's um, Ehrlich Bachman. There's <laughs> yeah.
2: and, like, um, he is and, exactly And, that. and Migos yeah. are Thomas Middleditch <laughs> and Kumel Maggiano. <Nanciani. laughs>
0: yeah um he 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 says that in the book um he had this studio that he eventually bought for himself because at one point he realized he was racking up so much in costs at the studio that he was at even if he wasn't recording he was like smoking weed and drinking lean in there and just hanging out it was a spot so he built his own studio and it was called the brick factory and that was his incubator that's where he he brought on migos and young thug like all, all these new rappers when they were still young and like really in that shit just like he was like and that—that's what he wanted. He wanted people there, just like, just, even if he wasn't, they weren't on his label. They want he wanted people there, just making music, hanging out, being part the of the roof. culture. Yeah, exactly. And um, one thing was I thought that was really cool of him, and really ties in with the the trap god, like kind of godfather of all of all these like new rappers. Is even when he went to jail, um, while Brick Factory was in action, and, and all the rappers he had under him. Moved on because not like they were just gonna just like wait around, you know, like they're, they're like their leader, what wasn't there to guide them or do anything with them beyond the songs. So they moved on, they signed the labels and things like that. Was and this he,
3: before he went to prison?
0: Um, this was this was when he went to prison prior to his recent three year stint, okay. Um, but and he wasn't mad about it at all, he was like, I, I understand, like, well, yeah, that, I mean, if good. they're successful, they're Ex- gonna move on exactly, to better things, yeah. exactly. It was it was really good, and one of my favorite uh, parts on the album is Gucci actually says the words uh, "my nigga Grant," and I really connect with that. Uh, <laughs> wait, uh, why?
2: <laughs> why do you fucking connect with that? <laughs> uh,
0: but uh, yeah, he actually says uh, they gave my nigga Grant a year in jail or something like that. You moved oh, to jail geez. for a year. Yeah, uh,
3: you know. <laughs> you know <laughs> Grant. Yeah. Have you okay. doing okay?
0: Yeah.
3: Uh, Quick shout out. Uh,
2: yeah, Gucci is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's. Absolutely destroying it Ever since he got out Like
1: It's like you said He just He's for like three, a new man How long How long he was is. he in jail for uh, Three, three a little, years
0: A little less than three years I'm pretty sure. I'm sure He got damn. out a little
1: early yes. and and He had some probation I mean that's awesome He was just working The yeah, whole time He
2: just stockpiled yeah. his there. content yeah. he, he got like his jaw redid somehow. He got skinny like, Well he has, Yeah He got new up For sure yeah, He got his teethers
0: Taken out um, he lost, I think about 80 pounds. Yeah, he's ripped now. Damn. Um, well, a lot of it before he went, the time he went to jail before this, he lost a lot of weight. Um, and this is pretty gross, but it was because of his lean addiction. Mm. One side effect of lean is it makes you incredibly constipated and it gave him a gut like he was pregnant. Mm. And one time he went to jail and, and he, he was, in, he was in the feds <laughs> and in solitary confinement and yeah, he just shit out like 20 pounds. Oh my Fuck. God. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and then he went back to jail. Um, and, and is he, that in the book? He, yeah, oh. pictures. Um, absolutely. <laughs> no, damn it. Unfortunately, they don't take pictures of inmates in solitary in confinement. What? Shitting their brains out. <laughs> um, just, I just want to see the poop. <laughs> <laughs> but, but in in the in the book, it's. It's, it's just a really cool insight into kind of Gucci's upbringing. And it's, it's you know, obviously all narrated by him, but it, mm. it's really his thinking, like, through these different times in his life and who his idols were. And it's it's really fun to, to see him interact with all these people. Like, in the beginning of the book, he sees uh, – he, he runs into Killer Mike and Bun B at the studio, mm. and they jump on a song with him. And he references uh, the – the music video and it's really cool you can go back and kind of watch it just be mm. like damn like old school Gucci what
2: do you think about how T.I. is always saying that he gets no credit for inventing trap and that like no one ever cares <laughs> Fuck Ti. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I see. My opinion is that he he may have done it first, but like Gucci's the one who brought others up and like brought it to where it is now. Ti made a pop album in two thousand seven. Yeah, yeah. He that's one hundred percent. He left trap. Like,
0: yeah, that that's. I actually watched recently uh, the interview with Gucci and Malcolm Gladwell because you know they're tight now. Mm. I think the Gucci book definitely you can really see the Malcolm Gladwell. Influence yeah, Malcolm in it. Gladwell, it the big like the it.
3: big author, inspirational. Yeah, author. he's my favorite author. Oh, yeah, yeah, no,
0: Malcolm
1: Gladwell's the man. Yeah,
0: the interview with those two, you guys should watch it. It's really
1: fun. It's, it's more awesome. of like a, like Malcolm a back and forth. Yeah, yeah. Malcolm Gladwell is friends with so many random ass people. Yeah, they'd be like, yeah. "What? what? Is Gucci I, I f- just are tight? I, f- <laughs> <laughs> I first saw about this interview Malcolm Gladwell posted
0: on Instagram. He posted a picture with Gucci, and the title was a uh, quickly approaching peak Malcolm.
3: <laughs> I like
2: oh yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah malcolm is so he can talk about a brick wall and make it sound interesting yeah, yeah. <laughs> he goes on bill simmons's podcast and he will go on tangents about the most boring subject yeah and make but it he makes so it, cool. it so like it's just like his books he has probably six i've read uh all of them and they're all interesting um i'd say if you're gonna read them start
1: with outliers and then yeah. go to blink and then the others the tipping point his, he has just some of the, like you were saying just some of the best conversations especially with bill like I remember they did – not too long ago they did a podcast where he just went on this tangent for 15 minutes about uh, golf courses in this country (laughs) and about, like, how if you look around and look at golf courses, that is, like, the ultimate picture of, like – social injustice in this yeah country environmental that, if you look yeah if you look them. at how much space is taken up for these like country club golf courses and then see these tiny rundown little public parks that yeah more know, than any
0: other sport golf definitely it has really the most a environmental impact. it impact it
1: reeks of influence yeah okay,
0: sponsored by our daddy papa yeah.
1: <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by yingling the official <laughs> veer of our papa <laughs> Going back to
3: Gucci though, I my take on Gucci is that he is quantity over quality. Yeah. Like he pumps out so much. His that discography just, is massive. He I just floods is. the the scene um, with music.
2: Well, that tends to happen with especially trap uh, artists because they can pump it out well, so quick. And they're, they're just used to a hustle. Like they're yeah. they're doing it because they want the money. They've been to like the worst spot. They, yeah. you know, and they see this as like the way out. It is the way the, out. So the they're reason like, oh, the iron's hot. I'm going to strike. Like I'm going.
3: Yeah. But I think that that like taking that approach it really lines up with the whole Malcolm Gladwell thing of getting your 10,000 hours in. Yeah. So, if Gucci is in the studio 24-7, like at, at this point, he his lyricism is on another level than anyone else making it's, it's m- just, rap music. Yeah.
0: And The the reason he got so tight with Future, um, and he, he says this in the book, that he wasn't really a part of Future's come-up, because by the time he, he and Future met, Future was already, like, you know, he was making it, he was getting out there, he had his mm. hits out. Um, but even with Young Thug, is there they're like studio rats like they just stay in there and just record and one thing that I thought was really cool and that I had known about Gucci before but like when he's recording sometimes he would he would just be so much more prolific than his producers like Zaytoven or Mike Will that he would have more rhymes and they had beats so he would just have them put a, a kick in a snare In his headphones, yeah, and he would just freestyle over that. Uh, He would just go in, and then they would go back. They couldn't even keep up. Yeah, and then they'd build the beat around his voice, which was originally what I had read about him. Is that Zaytoven? It was an interview, I'm pretty sure. He said that the things that Gucci does with his inflection and like his his cadence is it can be so complex that it's it's easier for Zaytoven to go back and build the beat around his voice, and it sounds so cool because like you hear Gucci like. Uh, you know, jump over the line, kind of with with his cadence, or he'll just play around with it, or and, mm. and you know, like, uh, Tobin will add like you know dings into the song. Yeah. it's it's really cool. <laughs>
1: Shit doinks. You guys gonna check yeah. out the
3: Gucci album? It, it's uh, no, no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: you guys I'm, more, really I'm really interested to read the book. Like, I've heard I've heard from you and from uh, just like critically that it's that it's a really interesting. It, he has, I mean. He has an incredible story, like just his whole come Absolutely. up. And now, I mean, he just he creates more content than pretty much anybody else that's out there. And I
3: think with, I, I was listening to the album and it's really interesting that he's able to really bring in all of these stories from his past. And, you know, the the whole like trap scene and, and making music under these dire c- circumstances of like just violence and drugs all yeah. around you and making art out of that yeah. and and having that reflect your your music in such an impactful way but I mean at this point Gucci's at a whole nother level than that yeah. like he's getting married he has a smile on yeah. his face 24 Absol- 7 and like so he has evolved yeah, like, past all his that. His wife
1: was like out there making money while he was, while he in, jail? was in jail yeah, yeah Kisha Kyora awesome. shout out to her yeah. she's
0: real and she she was a huge influence on him he talks about her in the book obviously um, but she has like always been sober never much of like a party girl or anything like that and he tried to hide his lean addiction right. from her and things like Damn. that but like and he, he himself knew even when he was addicted that he knew that he was better when he was sober mm. but i mean ad, like, ad, like,
2: ad rapping. Often, yeah often, it, oftentimes it, addicts business, do yeah exactly yeah, and, they just can't get off it. yeah business. i mean listen
3: if you listen to like future or 21 savage like they're good but you can tell that they're fucked up yeah like, future
0: especially and that's something i've always hoped is that gucci would have an influence on future and that, that he can have a similar you know, a uh, uh, change with, without having to go through the things that Gucci did, which I think is that was great. that was the longest quarter <laughs> yeah, drop ever. Great. But but you know, which is I, the the ideal of a someone uh, someone you look up to. You know, you learn from their mistakes without having to go through the same hardships. Yeah, but which I, is
3: why Gucci's trying to tell his story exactly. You know, exactly. Keep but it keep it alive. Keep I just it
0: real. I just pulled up Gucci's discography. Um, he has eleven studio albums, three compilation albums, seven EPs two collabs albums and 72 mixtapes. Oh my God. Yeah, that
3: is unreal. Fuck and, and he's just, he is not even close to being done. No, <laughs> not at all, not at all.
0: And, and he talks about in the the interview with Malcolm Gladwell, like he is here for trap music, but he wants the people that are like doing it to, to be able to get out of it. Like Migos isn't, they're not, they're not trapping anymore. And Quavo raps about that one of the songs. Pocket strong, wrist anemic. You know, like he doesn't have to cook dope anymore, but he's still got a lot of money. Yeah. Um, but Gucci talks about like his son. He 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 wants his son. To, you know, like to be into trap music. Like he can make it. He understands why his son would want to idolize him and say the things that Gucci says. But he doesn't want his son to have to actually be in yeah. that shit right. and I mean, be yeah. in the
2: trap a lot of people don't make it out so exactly yeah. like but stuff. it's tough
3: because you know a lot of the authenticity of the of these songs of and this music yeah. comes from actually living these exactly these and circumstances that, that's
0: the reason that the, the the genre is made in the in the first place is that it was like you know an artistic expression of the struggles that they go through right um but i i uh, that's when well, gucci the reason he brought that up was he was talking about new artists like a lot of people a lot of old heads in rap will talk about like oh i don't like Lil yachty i don't like any of those people but like gucci stays curious even if he thinks that like he can't necessarily you know uh, uh get into it immediately or understand it, if if some he says if somebody likes it that means they're doing something right. If they have fans, yeah. you know they're yeah. they're doing something yeah. right. I, I, so,
2: I hate it when people are so quick to throw out something that's getting big. That's the, like that's exactly what you should do. You should be like, well, something is good. If not good, something is happening that people are resonating yeah. with like and that's, that's that what gucci matters he
0: talks about he's like i'll i'll collab with anyone if i think they got something yeah. like i made a, a record with fifth harmony
2: yeah he's on yeah <laughs> he's on the tr- on the track he has a verse in a fifth harmony song yeah, right yeah. No. yeah. One, one it's of so the, funny
0: one of the funniest moments of the interview with malcolm Gladwell is <laughs> malcolm asked gucci three three questions like name uh his five like desert island songs pretty much something like that um and then to do the same thing but when he was 14 And then he asked him to name his five favorite, like, white people songs. (laughs) And the only one that he could name was Fetish was Selena Gomez, the song that he's on. And then Malcolm's (laughs) is like, can I even count that? Like, (laughs) she's not white. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, she's, she's
3: Latina. Yeah. All right, real quick before we go to the break, I want to give a quick shout out to the Front Bottoms, one of mm. my favorite bands. One of, of our all sons, time. yeah, Brian Sella, I love you. If you're listening, please come on the pod.
0: We'll have you this time. Hunter will say a lot, and I'll say not much. Oh, cool. <laughs> are you guys ready? <laughs>
1: <I'm> because gonna... <laughs> I have only listened to this album once. So I mean, it, yeah, so lots of hot takes.
3: Their <laughs> new album is is called Going Gray, um, and they're going to be touring it. We're going to see them next month, so I think we'll go much more in depth on our thoughts on the front bottoms. Yeah. The week.
1: album just came out, uh, two days ago. Yeah. So I, I haven't really had a chance to dive too much into it. Of course, the front bottoms are also one of my favorite bands. I actually named my cat after Brian. I have Brian, the cat yep. who Brian is kind of Robin. like the fully in Im- full embodiment of Brian Sella. Cause he's an emotional baby boy, mm-hmm. <laughs> much well, like emotional man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is an emotional fat um, cat at this point. <laughs> so yeah, the
2: new album I listen I listen to most of it, if not all of it, and it's it's like it's worth listening to. But I just miss my old boys. Well, okay, yeah. that's but they're the growing thing, up. You, that's the theme have of the to, album.
1: We have to accept as fans of their first <laughs> like twenty of their times. first two albums that <laughs> they're never going to go back to the way like they're never going to be as raw and like just like visceral of a band as those first yeah, two albums. Please, are. Especially yeah. their self-titled album. Please don't compare <laughs> the front bottoms to Twenty One Pilots. That is I thought it like you just slipped. made me want to kill it. myself. Yeah.
3: The front bottoms are it's fucked up. <laughs> they're so honest. Honestly. They get to the core of my soul. Like they <laughs> yes. Brian Sella's lyrics are both like the stupidest and the smartest. Yeah. Words you could ever put if, to yeah. music. If
2: you start with their 2011 self-titled album. I love the self-title. It is, I it's do. unreal. It's, it is like he's reading out of his diary. I yeah. have this dream
1: that um, yeah. I am hitting my dad with a baseball bat yeah. and he is screaming and crying for yeah. help.
2: which is refreshing. <laughs> it is. I mean, it's not, it's not like, I mean, in first it takes a while to kind of dip your toes in and be like, well, that's a voice, huh? Yeah. Oh. Um, is he doing was... Tom DeLonge? Or... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, once you get accustomed to it, it's just like this guy's being, being more like real than so much because the melodies of what they're playing is very poppy a lot of the time yeah so it's a great juxtaposition of poppiness which you're used to having like this processed shitty message and then him just being unbelievably real um i think the biggest mistake they ever made was straying from their original format were in which they had an acoustic guitar playing rhythm guitar yeah and then a lead electric guitar and then a drummer and a singer and, and a, a trumpet wh- yeah, yeah and a horn would come in every now and again yeah. but i don't know that's an underutilized lineup in my opinion the acoustic playing rhythm guitar yeah. the only other band i can name that does that is neutral milk hotel which has the most influential indie album of all time. So I don't know why more bands don't do that. But and now,
3: now they're you know bringing in electric guitars and synths. Yeah, they pretty and much per- abandoned a lot of
2: production. They pretty much abandoned the acoustic in their third album, Back on Top, and it had more of a standard rock feel to it because of that. It was yeah. more like Weezer.
3: Yeah. Well, and now they're signed on to a major label. You know, that was their mm. first um, mm. their first album on a major label, and now this is their follow up. And a big theme in the album is Brian coming to terms with not being young anymore. Like yeah. he's growing up. And he. Well, I guess this is growing up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, it sucks, you know, like you were never going to get that raw feeling, that, that, that young, emotional baby boy. But at least they're still making music and at least they're trying new things. And I'm
1: glad, I mean, it sounds like tonally they are going back to more of the sound, not of the self tile, but a little bit more back to the Town of the Hawk sound with their setup. Because back on top, I don't know if there was a single song that had an acoustic guitar in it. Like that whole album is just electric guitars, and it sounded like it was just trying to completely. The band was trying to completely reinvent themselves, and I don't think "Back on Top" is a bad album, but I think that they kinda, were. It's just kind of drab. Yeah, that's it's the just thing. An album. Is it? Yeah. They were just trying. They were trying to make. Something big. They were trying to have big singles, which they've never tried to really do before. Yeah. Like uh, uh Love
2: of My Life. There's is it that one song there's are? the one
1: song that sounds like it could be in a fucking iTunes commercial. Dun dun Oh dun, the Plan dun dun dun, yeah. dun 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 <laughs> dun I actually like that song. But the it plan is very, fuck jobs. It's just a
2: standard album. Like they were trying to expand and it's and they kind of accidentally yeah. like scattered
3: and and going gray does still have some of that to it like there's a lot of songs on going gray that are just gonna fall into the void and never be remembered again but <laughs> but there's a lot that like half the album is way way better than oh that yeah dramatically
1: top. better i like i love the single raining that came out yeah. i really love that song i like uh the first song on the album you used to say holy, holy fuck, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good ocean is a great yeah. closer to the album like there's there's a lot of really redeemable songs on here and front bombs are i mean there is one of those bands that one of the best things about them is the lyricism. So the more that you listen to the song, whenever you learn all the lyrics, you can just yeah. scream them yeah. along back Which at is it. why it's
3: so fun to see them live, because yeah. everyone in the crowd is just belting at the top of their I, lungs.
1: I can't wait to see them live, because seeing it's gonna be our them live third the time. first time was... The first time we saw them One, in Gainesville yeah. was one of the best shows i've ever been to in my life it was incredible Half the crowd ended up going on the stage for the final song <laughs> i remember hunter was i up touched there. brian hunter was up
3: on the stage like oh hey uh, <laughs> how got- did i get here <laughs>
1: <laughs> where the hell am i <laughs> well okay because we were towards the front and everybody just started like lifting up towards and i got like pushed onto the stage like i was like oh cool all right i'm, I'm on the yeah. stage now i'm with the front bottoms yeah. yeah, I can play tambourine. And
3: then Brian yeah. took a Jaeger shot and jumped into the crowd. Yeah. and I ended up carrying him all the way to the yeah, back of got, the room. I got to feel his little he belly. Broke his ass. <laughs> his
0: little belly. No,
3: it was wiener. a big belly. <laughs> yeah. was, and no one else was helping me. I, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, a couple people were, but I was having to. You should have like, let Brian collapse on you. On you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Whoops.
2: Uh. Yeah, those uh, shows are incredibly fun. Uh, it's I mean,
1: just like you said, it's, it's fun to sing along to. I mean, I feel like the front bombs are kind of like the evolution of emo music. <laughs> right. Like it really is because you can't it's, make it, yeah. you can't make like an album like old MCR or something like yeah, that. But it's like happy emo. Age. Yeah. But it's it's like indie emo. That's yeah. the best description that I can come up with. It's for not like I want to kill genre. myself in indie emo.
2: Indie emo pop rock.
1: Yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we'll we'll bring you more thoughts on the front bottoms once we actually see them live in about
2: three weeks or so, Ooh, two or three weeks. Yeah, so a couple episodes yeah, from now, soon. we'll
3: probably have Brett on again, and um, if we get more microphones, you know, we'll we'll get we Brian on here. More microphones. Let's get let's get Brian on here.
1: Let's get yeah. The, you yeah, know what? We'll, friend of the pod. Yeah, we'll hit him up. I'll I'll shoot him a Twitter Brett message. Brett has me like, hey, actually met
3: of... him on an on and off. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Off encounter. Yeah, Brett
1: will have to give his uh, his story of his encounter. Yeah, right? that'll be a good one. All right. Spoilers, to yo-yos. Yeah,
3: lots and lots of yo-yos. <laughs> so we're gonna take a quick break, and when we get back, we're gonna get into what we've been watching. So we'll be uh.
1: Yo, who that boy, who him is, him that nigga, I swear. Stand out, got him, don't need no chair. Well, where the fuck him at, cause nigga, I'm right here. I don't shop at the mall, all y'all just that motherfucker. I'm a goddamn artist. You can give me some mockers and i draw you a closet. And you know that this golf bitch gonna make the deposit. Nigga fresh to death like he got dressed in a coffin. Cons, overalls, and a striped shirt. Boy, swag like a broken it's running, nigga, I'm running be the bomb like he ran and stop the cops run, yeah, run, nigga. Replacing, replacing a tire, house, driving half a block down <laughs> And then my donut blowing out That
0: fucking sucks, what do you do?
1: I had to, okay, so I had to get an Uber From where my car was broken down at Like half a mile down the road, tire kingdom To get a tire But the thing is, as soon as I got to tire kingdom I realized I didn't bring my flat tire with me so, so then,
0: you you
1: didn't bring your wallet. <laughs> no. no, 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 no. So then, the Uber driver—it was all the same dude who we just started like shooting the shit, talking about his whole life. Um, he was a weird ass dude, but he was fine. Um, and then he <laughs> drove me back to my car. I grabbed my tire, drove back over to Tire Kingdom. They ended up being able to patch it, so I didn't actually have to pay for anything. Nice and then drove me back over to where my car was replaced the tire on there but this whole process took like three hours and so i was like an hour and a half late to work and but anyways yeah my uber driver was talking about how like he uh he just had like a really weird story he talks about he likes uh he likes like giving people rides around ucf because he's like you know i'm too old for him but my eyes are